Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Let's get started. Um, so we've been talking about revival. Uh, last week was the first time we talked about it. Pastor Matt brought an awesome message talking about revival on the inside of you because that's that's really where revival starts is it starts within you and then it goes outward. And so this morning I'm going to be talking about outward. So last week was inward. This week is outward. And I'm sure you'll see a theme the next few weeks. We're going, we're kind of going with that pattern. But I think first, when it comes to revival, I think we first have to understand what it is because we hear that a lot, I think, in church, like, God, send revival. But, like, what does that actually mean? And what does it mean in our own personal lives for each and every one of us? So, and sometimes I think we toss this word around and we don't really understand what it really means. And revival simply is a God movement. When people are awakened and when people's lives are changed and they can't, they can't hold it in anymore. They have to uh, share with people. They have to really express that outwardly. And so I looked up the definition of outward because that's what I'm preaching on this morning. Um, outward is, the definition is of, on, or from the outside, so in case you needed that. Um, so w- when I read that definition, I feel like I didn't, I was like, of, on, or from the outside, like, what does that even mean? Like, how am I supposed to preach a message on that? Like, that seems kind of difficult. Um, but then I had a little meeting with my dad. I, I went over my sermon, and I was, I was kind of, I was like, how am I supposed to, like, preach on this? And he gave me some, he gave me some tips, and so... He's, I mean, he's been doing this for 30 years, so he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, so our theme verse is for this series is Psalms 85.6. It says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And I think that that verse is interesting because the psalmist is asking God, will you revive us again? And, and I think for each and every one of us, it comes to that moment where we're like, God, Will you revive us? God, will you help us? And I think when you look in your own life, are you seeking a revival in your own life? Are you seeking an awakening? Are, are, you, are you stuck in your ways, maybe tired of the way things are? And, and are, are you in need of a change because that's what revival is? And so, like I said before, I think when we look at revival, it's just like, People pray, God, send revival, and, like, it's just, like, this big thing. But I really believe, and this is just my opinion, but I really believe that we are living in a revival. I think that when you see people in worship lifting their hands and passionately running after Jesus, that is revival. And it's, it's not some, like, big, huge outpouring and, and people are, like, raised from the dead. It's, it can be that, but I think it really... It, it takes looking at your own life and saying, you know what, I, this is revival. When I go to church and when I see people being, being moved and when I see God doing incredible things, that is what revival is. And so um, I want to share a verse with you um, in Ephesians. And I think this verse really sums up what revival is. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. 
It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And then verse four through five says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And I love that verse because it talks about, it says in the beginning, you who were dead in your sins are now raised up. And that's revival, just waking up and being raised up in, in who Christ has made you to be. So, yeah, so revival starts with you. It takes one person to start a movement. And imagine if each and every one of you experienced that revival in your hearts and, and started a movement kind of not like a full movement, but if you had that awakening in your heart, if each and every one of us had that, it would be, we would like all join together and it's like an army and it's super awesome. Um, so whether good or bad, our actions make a difference and our actions can impact those around us. And when you look at your environment, so your sphere of influence, you have work and you have your church family, and some of you are in school, and you have the power to impact those around you, whether you know it or not. And your actions and your words have the power to do that. Um, it takes one spark to start a fire. And when, when we look at fires, it's kind of like a negative. I mean, fires are really bad. They can cause harm, and they can do a lot of damage. Um, and that's and, and so I have a little story for you. Um, me and my husband, still getting used to saying that, my husband, um, we, for our honeymoon, we went to Colorado, and it was, it's so beautiful. He actually planned the whole thing. I, like, I was like, you can just plan it all. So he planned it all, and he surprised me with it. I trusted him because, because he knows me. People are like, oh, my gosh, are you scared? Like, he's planning the whole, and I was like, not really. He, he knows what I want. And if, and if he would have, like, taken me somewhere not so good, I probably wouldn't have said anything, but Colorado is really good. I love the mountains. Um, but anyways, when we were in Colorado, we stayed in it, kind of near Colorado Springs. So we were like right in the mountains, like the middle of nowhere. There was like no cell reception. I mean, we, our neighbors, we had neighbors, but they were like barely, like you couldn't really see them. It was like the middle of nowhere. And as we were, like, reading about the area that we were staying and the house that we were staying, we found out that we were actually staying um, in the same spot that a devastating forest fire happened, I believe, 16 years ago in 2002. It's called the Hayman Fire. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it made news because it was the biggest fire forest fire in all of the history of Colorado. It burned, like, 140,000 acres, like, devastating like and even the house that we were staying the resort place that we were staying was actually burned down from that fire and then they rebuilt it um but we we looked into it and just like did some I guess looked into like why the fire started you know because it it had to start somewhere right and some some fight forest fires they can't always find where it started but this one it actually started from a woman who I believe she she worked for the parks department or she was like involved somehow and she uh, 
it started because she burned a letter from her strange husband and threw it in a trash can. And that's how the fire started. And when I heard that, I was like, 140,000 acres. Like that, like even driving through the, the area that we were staying in Colorado, like trees hadn't grown back. Some had, but it was like, like you could tell that it did some serious damage. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like one action, one mistake led to this. And she was sued and all of this stuff. But your actions really make a difference. And so when you're looking at your own life and when you're looking at the people that you're influencing, they, you have an impact on them, whether you know it or not. And especially if you say you're a Christian, you love Jesus, you're a believer, that all the more reason you should, you should live that out and you should be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so um, when I was looking at where revival starts and, and how, can, how can we bring it outward, um, it, it really starts, and as Pastor Matt talked a little bit last week, there's, there's no revival without repentance because it starts within you. It takes that moment where you're like, okay, God, search me. Take out, take out the bad parts of me and God, fill me with your life. And as I was thinking about the whole, the whole forest fire movement, maybe look at the forest fire thing as, look at it in your own life and think, can I be that one person to start a fire but for good? And because fire spread. And you have the power to make a difference in people's lives. And so when looking at your environment, your biggest potential enemy in life is the environment in which you live, right? Because you can't always control what happens in your environment. I mean, that's, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there's sin. You can't always control what happens, but you can control how you handle it when, when bad things happen. And um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the temperature versus thermostat, that teaching. It's taught a lot in, like, leadership, but are you a thermostat or a thermometer? And I'll go into this a little bit more. Are you setting the temperature? Or are you being controlled by the temperature? And temperature, when we look at it from this perspective, it's like your environment. You know, a thermostat does all the, that's what sets the temperature. Um, it's funny, we got my husband is, like, very techie. He's like, has to have all of the newest tech gadgets and everything. And so we got one of those thermostats that's, like, it's a Nest thermostat, so you, can, you have, like, an app, and you can control it on your phone. So he's really excited about that. Um, but so, yeah, as I was saying, um, a thermometer reflects the temperature of the environment. Well, a thermostat regulates the temperature of the environment if it's getting too hot or too cold. So if you are a thermometer, you are easily influenced by what's going on around you. Thermometers react to their surroundings. When tensions get high, thermometers lose their cool. No pun intended on that one. Uh, thermostats are in control of the temperature. When the temperature gets hot, they cool things off simply by being calm. So because you, each and every one of you, you have the mind of Christ, so that means you have the power to set the temperature around you. The temperature that you set is reflected by your words and actions. And when looking at the need for revival, I think it's really important to look at the environment around you. 
it, and, and also it, taking a good look at, at yourself. And, and Pastor Matt talked a lot about that last week. But you have the power to change your environment. Did you know that? You have the power to do that. And I remember when I was in Bible school, I, I, um, it was just a year program that I went for. But I had roommates, and that was really a challenge at some. If, if any of you guys live with roommates, I'm sure it, it's like one or the other. Like, it's either really good or not so good. Um, but there were four of us girls living in an apartment, and two of my roommates were awesome, loved them. But then I had this one other one that was like, it was like a little bit harder to love. And, um, well, she was, not it. I, I'm not, I don't like, no, I'm totally not bitter about that. Um, but anyways, there was just like constantly, like it was just like negativity and it was, there was like bickering and dirty looks, like things that girls do. Yes, we all, we were all girls. And, um, and I remember getting to a point where I'm like, I don't even want to like be at my apartment anymore. Like, it's just like, because that negativity, it like has a way on you. And I, I remember I got to that moment and we had to like have a meeting with like the, the housing director. Like it was a big deal because <laughs> there was just like so much tension. And, and, and I got to a moment where I was like, I was, I was letting the temperature control me. I was, I was being controlled by the temperature instead of being the one who controls the temperature and, and being a positive example. And so you have, you have control over your environment because you always have a choice. You have a choice to stand up for what's right, to stand up for truth. And once you take control over your environment, your life will be filled with peace. Once you take control over maybe the chaos around you and just look to Jesus, that will give you so much peace. So the worship team can come on up. And as I was looking at Jesus's life, and Jesus was the greatest example that we can look to because Jesus, he, he came to earth as one of us. He was human, just like all of us. He was tempted. And Jesus's ministry, something that I've been, I've been reading through the gospels in the Bible, and so just reading through Jesus's ministry and the compassion that he had towards people. And, and the greatest revival is, took place when Jesus was on earth, when he was walking on earth and when he was human. And, you know, Jesus just needs a person. That's all he needs. He just needs a person. Because maybe you could be the answer to somebody's need. Maybe, maybe you can be exactly what somebody needs in that moment. And so Jesus, because he was one of us, because he walked on earth and he was tempted and he dealt with similar things that, that we've dealt with, because of that, he is our example. And there's a story in the Bible that I was reading about this past week, and it just, I've read about this story a lot, but for some reason, like something about it just like really struck me this time. And so the story, Jesus is on his way somewhere and the thing I love about Jesus is he refuses to view people uh, as unclean or not wanted just because they're struggling with something or just because they're, they have a need or they're suffering. And 
I think one of the most dramatic stories concerning this is about a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. She was suffering for 12 years. She didn't know what was wrong with her. And, and she, she was just living in pain. And she, because of this, in, in, the, in these days, when, when a woman has a flow of blood, it's considered unclean. So she had to, she had to be alone and she couldn't be anywhere because she was considered unclean. And so she was dealing with this for 12 years, isolated. Think about how lonely that must have been for her. And, and in the Bible, um, it talks about, this is in Matthew, it talks about how there was, Jesus was out and there was a crowd gathered around him and this woman who's suffering, she was like, I just need one touch. All I need is to just grab the hem of Jesus's cloak, just one touch and I'll be healed. Think about that faith that she was like, I just need one touch and I'll be healed. And she comes behind and she reaches for Jesus. And in the moment that she does that, she encounters God's love in his healing. And Matthew 9, 22 says, Jesus turned and saw her. He said, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. She knew that she just needed one touch from Jesus and she would be healed. Because of that faith, she pushed her way through the crowds and she found Jesus because of that faith. And, and so when Jesus felt that touch, he stopped the crowd. He was like, who, who touched me? And then it was the woman. And in that moment, it was her faith that made her well. And she was set free after suffering for 12 years years. She was finally set free and she was healed because of, because of Jesus. And it was just one word and just, just that one touch that made a difference. And, and even if you're here today and you're like, I just need one, one touch from Jesus. That's all I need. God can do that and he'll heal you. And the, the woman in the story, she's suffering for 12 years. And you guys, I don't know what, what all of your situations are like, but I think suffering for 12 years, that, that had to have been so lonely. And she probably thought, this is the way it's always gonna be. This is my environment. There's, there's no way I can change this because this is just the way it's always been. And I feel like sometimes we get stuck in that place. We're like, this is the way it's always been. It's probably not gonna change. So there's no need to even try. And so this morning, if you're here and you're thinking, I've done everything I can do, I'm just stuck. I can't change my environment. I can't impact anyone. I'm just little old me. I just, I just want to encourage you that there's hope. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus is here in this place. His presence is here. And he's ready to heal you this morning. He's not scared at, at whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through. He just wants to love you and to heal you. And maybe you find yourself unwilling to give your heart to Jesus because you're scared that he might reject you or that you've, you've gone off a path and there's no hope for you to get back on. But in fact, the opposite is true. Because of his grace and your faith, God wants to reveal himself to you in this moment. So why don't you guys go ahead and stand to your feet? We're going to pray in a couple moments. You know, if you're here and if you're thinking, 
be your issue. Maybe your issue is something else. But maybe you're worried that it's just always going to be this way. I, I can't control my environment. There's nothing I can do about it. I just want to encourage you this morning that, like I was saying before, you have the power to impact your environment. You control how you react. You might not be able to control everything, but you do control how you react. So um, all over the room, if you would just close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and, and something that I said just kind of, it kind of hit home for you. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in, in an environment that maybe you don't think you can control. Maybe you've never taken that step of faith like the woman in the story, taken that step of faith and just ask Jesus into your heart. You know, if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to take a step of faith and just lift your hand. Because God is here and he's ready to show you his love. We're gonna worship in a few moments, but if, if you raised your hand this morning, I just want you to repeat this after me. And we as a church, we believe in this prayer so much that we say it every single Sunday. And so uh, repeat after me, say, dear God, I open my heart to you. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. God, come into my heart. Make me exactly who you want me to be. Heal me and set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, you just made the greatest decision of your entire life because you made a decision to follow Jesus. And, and so I just wanna encourage you this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna sing a worship song, but I just really want you to take a moment to, to look inwardly and, and see how can, how can I impact those around me? How can I change my environment? How can I change my sphere of influence? Because you have the power to do that. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.